Welcome to week seven on our Bible study of the book of Job. This week we will be studying Job 4 verse 1 to 21. Then Eliphaz the Temanite responded, If one ventures a word with you, will you become impatient? But who can refrain from speaking? Behold, you have taught many and you have strengthened weak hands. Your words have helped the stumbling to stand and you have strengthened feebled knees. But now it comes to you and you are impatient. It touches you and you are horrified. Is your fear of God not your confidence and the integrity of your ways your hope? Remember now whoever perished being innocent? Or where were the upright destroyed? According to what I have seen, those who plow wrongdoing and those who sow trouble harvest it. By the breath of God they perish, and by the blast of his anger they come to an end. The roaring of the lion and the voice of the fierce lion and the teeth of the young lions are broken out. The lion perishes for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness are scattered. Now a word was brought to me secretly, and my ear received a whisper of it. Amid disquieting thoughts from visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on people, dread came upon me in trembling, and made all my bones shake. Then a spirit passed by my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. Something was standing still, but I could not recognize its appearance. A form was before my eyes. There was silence, then I heard a voice. Can mankind be righteous before God? Can a man be pure before his maker? He puts no trust even in his servants, and he accuses his angels of error. How much more those who live in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, who are crushed before the moth. Between morning and evening they are broken in pieces. Unregarded they perish forever. Is their tent cord not pulled out within them? They die yet without wisdom. In week five, I spoke a little about how Job's friends were not real friends in my assessment. They were not there for him when the most devastating events of his life befell him. They did not lift a finger to help him out of his circumstances, but they came to watch him die because that's how great Job's suffering was. They waited seven days saying nothing until Job spoke and the words out of his mouth should have broken their hearts because it is the cry of a man who feels lost, completely broken, devastated beyond all measure and who has zero will to continue living. When Eliphaz speaks, there is zero compassion or understanding in what he says. He speaks of his own accord, from his own experience, with a lot of religion but no heart. The fact is, how can Eliphaz possibly empathize with Job when he has no clue what it feels like to lose everyone and everything that means everything to him, including his identity and his faith and his hope in God? Eliphaz has lost nothing. He is standing on the mountaintop, speaking into devastation, with no experience of such devastation. Job feels like God has imprisoned him, Job 3 verse 23, and he has no hope. But what's interesting is that what Job sees as a prison is actually God's salvation, because without God hedging him in, Satan would have had complete free reign over Job, including his life and his health and would have affected those things at the same time as he took everything that Job lost. God's timing is sovereign because he alone truly knew what Job could bear and could see the future and how Job would respond to each test. This is an exceptionally good and faithful God who is upholding Job through all of this adversity, ensuring he does not curse him, ensuring he does not perish. When Eliphaz speaks, he is immediately on the offensive, even though he acts like he's defending God's position. If one ventures a word with you, will you become impatient? 
but who can refrain from speaking? When you are in dire straits and well-meaning people come to you and feel the need to offer you their meaningless words about things you have already considered and thrown out as false, it is annoying and a waste of your time. It is hurtful. A dying man is looking for peace or a cure. He is not interested in people's opinions or how God looks from their point of view. That is man taught, not Holy Spirit taught and inspired. Job needs hope that can only be found by speaking via the Holy Spirit, life-giving truth, not man's truth that come from his experiences of life instead of his walk with God. Words that come out of the mouth of God that are apt for that season in time. Just because Job was formerly a formidable man of God who instructed and strengthened others does not mean he is immune to being human. What teaching and encouragement that Job previously gave could have possibly had anyone go through what he has gone through? How could he have possibly conceived in the past what his current circumstances would look like and had the wisdom that goes with going through what he is going through right now? It is impossible. The man is not God. He cannot foresee the future. Job 4 verse 6 says, Is not your fear of God your confidence and the integrity of your ways your hope? This man is not speaking of the Spirit of God. If you know the tricks of Satan, you will understand that this is Satan mocking Job via his friend, because that is exactly what Satan is trying to remove from Job, the fear of God and his integrity or blamelessness before God, so that he will curse him. So the thing that Job does not understand the most in this storm is the thing that his friend picks on. Job is not in a place to discern the spirit of the man, but God most certainly is. In Job 4 verse 7 to 11, we find the crux of why God later rebukes Eliphaz. See, on the surface, what Eliphaz says is not a lie. It is technically biblically accurate. God does punish the wicked. Isaiah 13 verse 11, Proverbs 11 verse 21, Isaiah 3 verse 11, Ezekiel 18 verse 20, and so on and his anger is kindled against them. Romans 1 verse 18, Exodus 15 verse 7, Exodus 32 verse 10 to 11, and so on. The lie is that it is aimed at the wrong man. God's truth in this situation was, one, Job was blameless and upright before him, and therefore innocent of any judgment for sin. He was innocent of any wrongdoing. Two, Job has done nothing wrong in the sight of God. 3. God was not angry with Job. 4. God pointed out Job to Satan for him to test. 5. God is ensuring that Job does not fall or bow to Satan's will, which in this case is to get Job to curse God. Job 1 verse 11 to 12 and Job 2 verse 5 to 6. Satan can do nothing to Job without God reaching out and allowing it. God's hand has to allow Satan to do the things he's doing. In Job 4 verse 8, Eliphaz reveals the spirit from which he is speaking. It says, according to what I have seen, those who plow iniquity and those who sow trouble harvest it. Eliphaz is speaking from the spirit of man, of his own fallen understanding. He is not speaking the words from the spirit of God with God's view on the matter. 
See, Satan never comes to us as himself. He does not outright lie. He comes as an angel of light. He uses God's word to bring condemnation. He twists truth. Satan can't change God's word because God is immutable and he and his word are one. So instead, he uses people to bring their opinions and experiences of God and his word into play, or he twists their perception of God's word. He brings doubt and confusion via the storm to make us question the truth of who God is and what his word really says. We live in a world that is all about our truth and your truth. It's about this is your truth and my truth. But the problem with that is it is a lie designed by Satan. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. All truth is found in God, and the only perception of that truth that is honest and real is God's. Let's examine Job 4, verse 12 to 21. Eliphaz recounts a dream he has. The insinuation is that it's a prophetic dream or one that is spiritually relevant to Job's situation. Eliphaz says that a word was secretly brought to him as a whisper. God speaks in whispers. It is more difficult to discern a voice that whispers than an audible voice. It is easier to mimic a whispered voice than an audible voice. But Satan can do both. He can mimic the audible and whispered voice of God. He is a master counterfeiter and a master deceiver, the father of all lies. In Job 4 verse 15, Eliphaz says, A spirit passed by his face, preceded by fear and trembling. He also beholds a form that he could not distinguish. When you encounter something demonic, there is fear and trembling, in the horror movie sense. When you encounter the Spirit of God, one, he reveals himself. He does, not, he does not remain an anonymous spirit. You know without a shadow of a doubt that you have encountered God. Two, there is absolute peace with the fear and trembling. The fear is a holy reverent fear that inspires awe and drives you to your knees. It drives you to repentance. The trembling is because of your unworthiness and a normal response when the sin nature in you encounters pure holiness that is beyond human understanding. It is not violent and not always physical. It is not the hair standing on end, icy fear gripping your heart that comes with a demonic encounter. What does the spirit that Eliphaz encounters reveal? And how much of it is God's truth? 1. Job 4 verse 17. Shall mortal man be more than just God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? Obviously, man is not more than God. But here's what's interesting. The NIV says, shall a strong man be more pure than his maker? Strong man is a term used to refer to demonic spirits. Other translations don't use this term, just the NIV. Regardless of which created being is being referred to, the fact is nothing and no one compares to the holiness and purity of God. 2. Job 4 verse 18. He puts no trust even in his servants and against his angels he charges error. This verse is about Satan and his demons. God is omniscient. He knew Satan would fall and take a third of the angels with him before he even created him. He knew man would sin before he created him. God's plan for redemption was in place before Satan even went to Eve to tempt her. So why would an omniscient God need to put his trust in anyone or anything when he already knows the beginning from the end? In fact, he is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and Omega and all things fall under his sovereignty and will. 
The problem does not lie with God and His mind or will. It lies with us and our inability to understand it. Our sin nature and our need to be like God, which is the whole reason that Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is the same as Satan's need to be like God. The spirit of man mimics the spirit of Satan, which is why discernment is so very important in the life of a Christ follower. To trust someone or something means you esteem them higher than yourself or you esteem them in an area where they are able to take your place. God does not do that with us. He does not replace himself, nor does he share his glory. Number three, Job 4 verse 19 to 21 is all about how much less God trusts man than angels. This dream is not sent by God to encourage or build Job up. It is sent to destroy him further. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10 verse 10. Job is already at his lowest. He is innocent and God is not looking to judge him. God is just, not unfair. Job did not need spiritual sounding words to tear him down further. Job was being tested by God and being upheld by him at the same time so that he would not fall into sin. If this dream came from God, it would have brought life and hope with it. It would have built faith, Romans 10 verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. None of these words come from Christ because they do not build faith. If there is a takeaway from this week, it would be this. We can do a lot of damage to fellow believers who are suffering when we speak of our own accord. We should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. James 1 verse 19. None of which are evidenced by Eliphaz. God does not need us to defend him. He is quite capable of doing it himself in a better way than we ever could. When we speak to a person who is suffering in a way that we have never experienced ourselves, and all suffering is subjective, so be aware of that, then we should just listen. And if the Holy Spirit compels us to speak, then we should only speak His words, His way, nothing more, nothing less. We shouldn't even try to expound on His words from our own understanding. We can do great damage to someone who is suffering when we speak of our own accord. Wisdom isn't just what we say. It is also knowing when to say it. Speaking out of turn is not wise, but foolish. Proverbs 29 verse 20. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Proverbs 15 verse 23. A person has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. This means that the right answer at the right time is delightful or brings happiness. We don't see any of this happening with Job. Proverbs 12 verse 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Ephesians 4 verse 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Proverbs 18 verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Matthew 12 verse 26, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Other translations say they will give account for every idle word they speak. Next time, we will see how Eliphaz's words did not bring delight to Job or build his faith when we study Job's response.
This, however, is not the end of what Eliphaz has to say. We will see how his rebukes of Job become more severe in the weeks to come. I hope you will join me then.